But before you sit down, let's pray. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you are amazing. Um, and we want you to know that we know that. Uh, uh, that. That God, you have amazed us from the very beginning, from the very outset. The first time we saw you, you stole our hearts. Father, you did something to us that said, whoa! And you broke into our world and you changed it completely. So Lord, we want to say thank you. Ha, we honor you. We glorify you. We esteem you. You're just the best ever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, come on. Right. Woohoo. Now, let's see what this thing will do. Oh, that's not a piano. Oh. Fantastic. All right, can you all hear me clearly? Fan, 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 really good. <laughs> now, okay, what we, we have had a fantastic time, haven't we? I'm not, I'm not sure I believe you anymore. I do, you know, we'll try it one more time. We've had a fantastic time together for the last three weeks, haven't we? I feel like Bruce Forsyth. <laughs> oh, let's have a look at the old scoreboard. Anyway, uh, fantastic. Now listen, what we've done, we've had an absolute romp. What have we done? We've had a, a, a wander through uh, the, what, essentially what the Bible culture is, what the Bible describes as praise and worship. And we found it's quite a, quite a journey. It's quite exciting. Uh, they did all kinds of stuff. You should have been there when they dedicated that first temple. If you think it's loud here, just imagine when they dedicated Solomon's temple, there were 120 trumpet players. There was a choir of, I think, 2,000. I, I think it was quite loud. <laughs> Imagine if you're, and the room wasn't that big. The temple wasn't huge, okay? It was impressive, but it wasn't enormous. So imagine in a confined space, 120 trumpet players playing at full pelt. That's rock and roll, baby. I don't know about you, but that would have been loud. Anyway, so when they said, praise him with a loud noise. They meant loud, okay? We got that, didn't we? We got that the first week. Yeah, and you understand about being loud in your praise. That was quiet. See, I, so I'm not sure you've understood. So you understand about being loud in your praise. Oh, there we go. Fantastic. Okay, we had a look as well. Remember part of our cultural tour that we did? We had a look at a word. It was called yada. And it was, it was fantastic. A, a real a song of praise. But it was like it involved the hands. Lifting holy hands in praise to, to bless God. Hallelujah. And um, uh, all the rest of it. And uh, Then we had a look at the word halal. Yay. You remember that word, halal? Nothing to do with meat. It's got to do with praising God. But this was praising God with a boast. 
you can't praise unless you're boasting. Let me praise this microphone. This is just the best microphone ever. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm boasting about the microphone. It's not the best microphone ever, by the way. It's just, um, but it's a pretty good one. You can hammer nails in with those, apparently. I never tried it. Anyway, um, but it, remember, it was about David coming back to, to Jerusalem with the Ark of the Covenant when it had been taken for many years by the Philistines. And, and he was just desperate to get the, 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 the presence of God back in Jerusalem in his capital city. He was just, I'm so desperate to get this back. And what did he do? As he brought the Ark in, he danced with all his might. He praised God. He Boasted. This is our awesome God. This is the God who gives us victory. When we go out into battle, this is the one who works for us. Woohoo! What a boast. What a God. What a, whoa, wow. Whew. That's the word halal. Then we had a look at a musical word, zamar. Whoa. And we understood then that, that praise is not just noise, it is musical. It can, well, it can be musical. Um, and uh, fantastic, we'll look at the word zamar. Fantastic, as we saw musicians, songwriters. And we, we understood from that that we were seeking the Lord for songs which brought the anointing, songs which carried the presence, the essence of something. Thing, uh, very, very close to God's heart. And we had another look. Another musical term was tehila. Woo! Not tequila, but tehila. And, and this, was, this was a victory song. This is the song that, that says the battle is the Lord's. And do you remember? We had a look at God setting an ambush as the army went out to praise. Oh, oh. <laughs> not out to fight. To praise. Let's praise. But what happened? God set the ambush. God worked the miracle because the battle is the Lord's. Amen. Woo. Are you with me? Nudge your neighbor. Say, wakey, wakey. Come on. We're going places tonight. Woo. All righty, righty, righty. Then we had a, a special word for the people of the choir. The singers. With or without microphones. <laughs> Fantastic. Check this out. Hmm. Uh, 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 but it was a song of anticipation. Again, it involved the hands. The, not the, the hands up like this, but the hands out like this, ready to receive something as you praise. This is the praise that, that said, Lord, I praise you. You are the God of my provision. You are the God who supplies my need. You are the God of the breakthrough. You will break through for me according to your promise. That's why I'm praising you. Are you in that place today? Where, where, yeah, that's a very loud amen. Yes, I'm in that place. Oh, yes. <laughs> where you need God to break through, praise him. Praise him until the breakthrough comes. Praise with that sense of expectation. It's going to happen. You may not feel it's going to happen, but do you know what? I bet, you know what I'm Hmm, hmm. Put yourself on the front row of the army that was marching out uh, to, to fight three armies, okay, with Jehoshaphat. Did you think it was going to go really well when you're armed with a trumpet? Seriously? You know what I mean? Seriously, you know, if you're going to go out and fight an army, what you want, uh, you know, what you'd want these days is, is body armor and a, a, a big gun. You know, the bigger, the better. You know, uh, in those days, it was, it, was, it was armor, it was a shield, and it was a sharp sword, unless you're a bowman. I mean, you had bows and arrows and a quiver and, you know, all this, you know, Robin Hood, Robin Hood. <laughs> That's not the Bible, is it? 
I'm like, <laughs> I've got confused. All right, fine. Uh, but you understand what I'm saying? You would want to be on, but, but what God says is, no, 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 no. I'm going to break through for you because it's my battle. You're my child. I'm not going to let you suffer through this. He's going to surprise and delight us. Then we saw we a wonderful word, samak, which is all about rejoicing. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Christians are sad, sad, sad people sometimes. Aren't you? See, see, I heard that. No, see, I heard that challenge. Of course I'm not, Dave. I'm the happiest person on the planet. And don't you dare tell me otherwise. (laughs) And the truth is we all have our off days. But you know what? You know what? Sometimes you just need to remind yourself of who you are and what God has done for you and what's coming your way. I mean, my goodness me. Salvation isn't just, um, uh, what's it, what's it, what, what's it, you know, uh, pie in the sky when you die. It's steak on the plate while you wait. Do you like that? I, I can't claim that as a, a Welly original, but uh, it's certainly a good soundbite. So please remember that one. Okay. Now, then we, we shifted from the Old Testament, which was fantastic, really good. Um, we shifted then to the New Testament. And we saw that the same culture persisted, that they were, they were to- totally gung-ho about praising God. These new disciples, they were like, whoa, let's praise God. We saw images of Jesus and the disciples singing a hymn. They even hymnailed. Do you remember that word? It's all about the hymn. And that's, 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 that's celebrating God with a religious ode. Doesn't sound so good when you look at the dictionary definition. But when you sing, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Feels a lot better, doesn't it? Bless the Lord, O my soul. Don't, don't sing it now, else we'll never, get, we'll never get finished. All right, fantastic, which was our problem last week. We sang too much, but that was good. We, we had a look at the fact that praise, praise is a story worth telling. You, because of your salvation, that great salvation that has been placed inside this jar of clay, you have a story worth telling. Oh, it's a story of incredible grace, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch, not like you, like me. That's my story. Oh, it's a story worth telling. Listen to me, people. Amazing grace. It's brilliant. Yeah? You getting me? Yeah, I know a story worth telling. We looked at the word psalo, which is the word we get our psalms from. And, and uh, that, that was kind of like the thought of putting scripture to music. And interestingly enough, in uh, the, the, the Reformation age, one of Luther's great works was to put, set the psalms to music. His particular theological position at the time was, well, the only thing we can sing is scripture. That's it. So the only thing the Lutheran church could sing at the time was scripture. So they, they had what they called psalters. It's good. It's fantastic. And they still exist today. And they would sing psalms to tunes. And everyone would know the tunes and it'd be fantastic. Now, on the other hand, um, you've got two other extremes. You've got, uh, you've got Luther, uh, the, the great German uh, Reformation guy. He said, nope, I'm going to write hymns. I'm going to write hymns of faith and I'm going to set them to tunes that people know. The tunes that people sing in the pubs. 
Whoa, so a mighty fortress is our God, was one of his most famous, he put it to a beer drinking song. Well, how godly is that, I ask you? Well, it's great, isn't it? If it gets the people involved in faith, if it gets them involved in the question, if it gets them involved in the debate, if it gets them involved in, do you know what? Ooh, I feel strangely warmed by this song. It's not the beer talking it's these lyrics. A mighty fortress is my what? My God? Who is my God? Luther, tell me, who is my God? Well, my friend, it's all about... So can you see? And you know what? We're, we're, uh, the, the whole journey that we've been on as a church in the last two, two or so years with our music has been to, to, to take the music that they're singing in the clubs uh, of London and say, do you know what? That's what our kids are listening to. That's what they've got on the radio. That's what they've got. That's, that's what we should be playing. That's what the music we should be making. Because our church should be filled with those kind of people. Asking those kind of questions. Yes? Church should be a little bit messy. Yeah? Why? Because it's for the lost. Church is for the lost. It's so that the lost... And worship is all about mission. Now... Oh my God, I'm getting off, I'm getting off track here. I'm, let me bring back to the notes, the sanctity, the safety of the notes. <laughs> that's what you're thinking. Anyway, but we saw a lot about that. And, and I've digressed there, but I, hopefully that's been illuminative for you. Then uh, we finished up last week, phew, with a word pneumaticos. Pneuma is the, the word for breath in Greek, but it's also the word for spirit. So breath, spirit, same word. Okay? But pneumaticos, it's spiritual songs. That's what it's translated in your, your Bibles. But actually, <laughs> it literally means spirituals. Whoa. And we could sing, swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. Home. And then we could go old school and we could start doing the double time clap and all the rest of it. And we won't. We won't. But what was that? That was an old spiritual. It was a song of freedom slung by, slung, sung by the black slaves as they were waiting for deliverance. As they were waiting for... De I, we should get Ruth Ann here and, and she could tell us all about the, uh, the stories of those times. Fantastic times. But they came out of the heart. Amazing grace written on the black notes of the piano. Uh, which are notes and no matter how we might musically dress that up you can't get away from the fact that John Newton probably nicked the tune of that that very traditional sounding thing probably from the slaves that were held in the hold of the ships that he was transporting from West Africa across to the Americas. And so probably the tune of that has grown out of that cry for freedom. Why would you sing a song when you are in such desperate straits? Because a song is good for your soul and it is good 
for your spirit. And you know this. You know this in the depth of your heart. You know this in your, your knower. Okay? And, and this is what the Bible's referring to. It's spirituals. Let's sing a spiritual song. Let's sing a song of the Spirit. And, and as, as the Holy Spirit comes on us as a church, we release, we unleash, we, we just, whoa, a beautiful song of the Spirit. So why don't you just stand with me and let's, let's, just, let's just together, let's just sing out a beautiful song just where you are. I'll just play some music and you just begin to sing those words, those tunes, whatever comes into your heart. Come on, just sing it out where you are. Mm-hmm. right there because you don't need somebody else's song in your heart there is a melody you just need to sing it out you know I get into all kinds of trouble do you want to take your seats right now get into all kinds of trouble from from wifey walking through a town center and I'll be singing because that's what I do and she'll nudge me and she'll say stop singing and I'll say why it's just I just I need to sing and she'll say, nobody else is doing it. <laughs> and it's true. But that's their fault, isn't it? <laughs> so I kind of you know, wait till we're in the car. And then I'll sing really loud. <laughs> anyway, now, listen. Songwriters, where do you get your inspiration from? And this is where we, we left off last week. Get into the heavenly realm. Get into the place of the Spirit. Rise in the Spirit. What we did just there. Now you might have thought, well, I need, I need a little bit more of a run-up. I need a little bit of warm-up. I need, you know. <laughs> and, but you know what? You can come into the very throne room of God as, as cold as you may feel, and you can sing him a song. You know, uh, uh, Psalm uh, 8 kind of puts it this way. From the lips of babes and children, he has ordained praise. You know, and there's that thought there that even as adults, even as adults, when you come into his presence, um, when you just run into his presence shouting out, Daddy, 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 you are like a kid in the eyes of your heavenly father. And it's, he just, you know what? He, he'll stop anything to just listen to, you know, it's, oh, yeah, that's the song. And we saw that last week, didn't we? Do you remember? With, with uh, Paul and Silas in the, in the jail, and they got, they got going with their chains, and they started singing the great Hallel and all the rest of it, and, and it was a fantastic time, and, and God gets involved, and God's toe starts tapping, and all of a sudden there's an earthquake on earth. Why? Because God listens to the praise of his kids. 
God listens to you. And however good you might feel about the song you're singing, you might feel this is the worst song ever. You, you know what? It isn't to God. It's his baby child singing out praise to him. And you know what? He loves it. He thinks it's awesome. He thinks, you know what? I mean, if he wants perfection, he's only got to call a thousand angels, you know, to sing perfectly in tune and incredible harmony. But you know what? You've got something unique. You've got your own voice. And God says, come on, sing, sing. So we're going to stand again. And I'm going to invite you once again just to unleash your spirit. Let that song out. Let's raise the key a little bit. Um, so come on, where you are. Um, and uh, let's uh, just begin to sing out from your spirit. Sing what feels right. Sing what's hidden there. The gem, the jewels. Come on. Rise in the spirit, my friends. Come on, keep pressing in, keep pressing in. Desperate for more of you, Holy Spirit. 
that's the truth tonight we need you more we need you so much but we love it we love it when we come into your presence and holy spirit you say you are welcome and lord we're here saying no no you are welcome and yet, Lord, you're up in heaven. Yes, no, you are welcome. Come, come, come. See the treasures. See the treasures. See the delights of my kingdom. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We just worship you. Ha. Amen. 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 Please, once again, take your seats. Now, I want us just to remind us because... You know what? We started off this whole thing. It was a challenge. It was a challenge for you to look at your own cultural pre-assumptions, preconceptions, things that you come to church with, the baggage that you bring, some of which is helpful and some of which isn't. You know, mindsets. Oh, my goodness me. You know, well, you've got to impress me, Dave, with the first three songs. If you haven't got me by the first three, I'm out of here. Well, that's, that's not worshipping. That's not a worshipper's heart. That's not, that's not righteous. That's like, oh my goodness, that's coming to a gig. If you want to go to a gig, find your favorite band and go. Go see them and enjoy. But we haven't come to a gig. We've come to praise. We've come to celebrate. What the songs are doing is hopefully giving you an opportunity to experience express your praise, to express that celebration, to dance before the Lord, to clap, to shout, to sing loud, to sing off key if, if, you, if you're tone deaf, just to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen. We've got a few more things to look at tonight. Are you with me still? Good. Fantastic. You know what? There is one Greek word. I, I want to share this before I move on. Uh, and this Greek word is, is only translated once as worship. Only translated. It, it doesn't normally mean this, but it is translated once in this way. And it is the word Greek word therapeuo. Guess which word we get from therapeuo? Therapy. Oh. And you know what? Worship. Praise, thanksgiving, it's great therapy. There was a song around in the 90s that said, says this, praise looks good on you. Isn't that true? It really does. It, look, uh, it makes you look great when you're praising, when you've got your eyes closed and you're all relaxed and you're in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You look great. It's great therapy. Yeah, you with me? Now, okay. I want us to switch our minds from praise and have a, a consideration now about worship. So let me characterize it this way. Praise is like me describing your good points. When I do this, I am praising you. 
When I do it about God, it is good. I boast about what he's like and what he has done. But let me, let me, let me bring this down to, to something that we can really, really totally understand. Let me give you an example. Suppose I praise my wife. I mean, let's face it, let me tell you about her. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to praise her to you, okay? She is the most beautiful woman in the world. I, I don't have to say that just because she's probably watching this online. Um, <laughs> but one thing is for total sure, without doubt, completely true. She makes the most scrumptious, delicious, bestest pineapple upside down cake in the world ever. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, just, just, oh, I, I can't describe it, I'm lost for words. But now listen, listen, I'm praising her, I'm telling you about her, you know something a little bit about her, but here's something, you don't know her, okay, well, some of you might, but you know, for the most, most part, most of you are scratching, yeah, no idea. I could get my holiday snaps out if you want, and I could show you. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, um, but listen, you can praise someone simply by being an observer. Oh, let me observe this carpet. Isn't this just the most fabulous blue color you've ever seen? It is lovely. It is gorgeous. It, is, it, is, it defines blueness. It defines walking on blue. It is lovely. It, it, it feels nice. I, but you know what? It's a description. No one cares, really. I, I, you know what? You're not involved in this. It's an observation. It's impersonal. And that's the problem with praise. You can praise God without getting personal. And I think that's the thing we need to get away from. You know, we've got to go beyond the praise and into the place of worship where it gets personal, where it gets involved, where it gets intimate, where it gets relational. I am my beloved's, and he is mine, and his banner over me is love. You know, I, I can talk about my wife, I can talk about her cooking, but you know what? Ha, ha, we have a relationship. That's why she's called my, 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 my wife. We've had kids together. Yay. They're awesome, aren't you, Sonny? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but you know what? We have a relationship. So when I am praising her, there is an aspect in my heart and in my mind, there is something more going on than just a description of her cooking. There's the smell of the cooking. There is, there is the joy of her smiley face when I taste that, 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 that cooking. And say, <laughs> listen, I, she got me. You know, the, the, you know I, was, I was wondering, you know, this is a beautiful woman. I, th I, think, I think I like her. I think I like her a lot. The thing that clinched the deal was the pineapple upside down cake. Let me, t <laughs> let me tell you, I, it really was. It, was. it was made in heaven and, and donated here on earth. I loved it. It was great. Anyway, but you understand what I'm saying? There's relationship going on. And therefore, I, you know, out of that relationship, we have a conversation. We, we don't just talk. We, we hold hands. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, uh, and we do what husbands and wives do. You know, and, and we share family together. 
Why? Because it's more than a description. We're living this out. Worship is something you live. You can't describe worship. You have to do it and be it. Amen? Ooh, that's deep, Dave. Oh, yeah, tell, tell me about it. Now, listen, it is without doubt that behind every word translated in your Bible um, as worship, um, th- there is the heart of a servant. Heart of a servant. If you want to worship, oh my goodness me, you cannot do that with arrogance. You have no standing before God at all. If God were to show up in this place right now with all his majesty and glory, if he were to reveal his face, he said this to Moses. He said, listen, Moses, I'm going to have to hide you behind this rock because if you saw my face, you would die. He's that incredible. He's that majestic. He is that glorious. It would be too much for us. So you have no standing at all before the Lord Almighty, except for one thing. Grace. Grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, therefore, humble yourself in the presence of the King. Come as a lowly servant. And whatever your position is here on earth, you could be an ambassador. You could be a king. You could be a queen. You could be someone really important in your country or even in this country. You could be like whatever you could imagine. Or you could be a road sweeper. Or you could be unemployed. Or you could be just a nobody. But you know what? You all come to God in the same way. You come as someone who relies on the grace of Jesus. Because if you haven't got the grace of Jesus on your behalf, you can't come before the Father. Hallelujah. So, in the Old Testament, there's the word abad. In the New Testament, there's the word latruo. They both mean very similar things. Um, but Latruo, for instance, in the New Testament, is a, a, a menial servant, the lowest of the low. And Paul says in Romans 12, you know, this is your m- meaningful worship. He uses that word Latruo. Okay, it's the, oh, you, oh, it's the lowliest of the low that you've got to come as. So, in the presence of the king... On your knees. Do not exalt yourself. Humble yourself. And everybody said. But I want to show you something though. I want to show you something. I'm going to need a volunteer in a moment. So. uh, (laughs) I'm feeling wicked. But anyway. um, In the ancient world. A king was an absolute monarch. What does that mean? Well, our current queen and many, many kings and queens around uh, the world are, have their powers limited by democratic process, by governments, by rule of law. And that is, that is right because in the old days they could get out of hand. 
Uh, after all, if you challenged the king in those days, he would say, I don't like you, off with his head. And someone with a very sharp pointy thing would come and chop your head off for him. End of problem as far as the king was concerned. But aspects of that still persist today in some of the beautiful ceremonies that are used in knighthoods. Now, I, I found this in the attic the other day, and I thought this, this, this could be a, a very useful um, kind of little thing, uh, a nice little swordy thing. Now, this is only a fencing sword. This is a, a thing used in sports, uh, so it's not really sharp. It's even got a blunted end and a a plastic bit on the end. Can you see that? And that red bit on the end. So this is a sports sword rather than the re quite the real thing. Um, but nevertheless, it serves its purpose to demonstrate. Swords are dangerous. What do you tell children about sharp knives? They're dangerous. As I found uh, last week when I was chopping the veggies with a sharp knife and it nearly cut half my thumb off. No, it was worse than that. Ah. Oh. You're not very sympathetic, are you? There was blood and everything. I was, you know, it's like horrible, man. It's like, you know. Anyway, all right. Buchan, could I borrow you? Would you be so kind? This is my friend Buchan. Isn't he great? He's Scottish. <laughs> does that make me great? It, yeah, it does. It does. And you're not going to vote for independence, are you? Don't answer that. No. <laughs> now, just hold on there. I just, I'm, now, I've picked on Buchan uh, because he's a friend of mine and because I, I, I'm going to show you something uh, that would have happened in the ancient times. Now, supposing I'm a king and I'm going to... Because kings used to go out to battle. And when they went out to battle, they would lead the army. And they would lead the army dressed... And if you go to uh, uh, Windsor and have a look around uh, the, the, the lovely ca Windsor Castle, you'll see Henry VIII's armor, his burnished armor, silver seated on, on a horse and all the rest of it. Massive, great, big thing. Uh, it was his protection. You see his sword there as well and loads of other swords up on the wall because kings would lead their army and they were fighting warrior kings. You with me? Yeah. Now, listen. If you're going out to battle, what's one of the things that you're going to need to do? It's a rhetorical question. Let me answer it for you. You're going to make sure you have a sharp sword. Aren't you? Why? Because you want to do unto others before they do it unto you. <laughs> so, basically, isn't it? It's true. Um, and, and if you've got a blunt sword, it's not going to cut much, is it? No. It's not. You know, and someone said, if you're going to chop down a tree, you spend the first period of time sharpening your axe. It's true, isn't it? So a king would make sure his sword was sharp, that his sword was balanced, that his sword was ready to act as a killing machine. And supposing we're there in the battle, supposing we're there, and all of a sudden, my eye goes across to my right. And there is my faithful servant, Buchan. No, there is my faithful servant, Buchan. And, and Buchan is there wielding his sword like a madman, like a maniac. And he's killing hundreds of the enemy. They are, he's in total rout. They are fleeing before him. Do better. Do, do better. Act. Come on. 
Yes! Come on! Whoa! Oh, yes! He's ducking, he's diving, he's rolling. I mean, look at this! My goodness me! This man, oh my, he's on fire! I mean, I mean, not literally, but he's like, and he catches my eye. Okay, enough. Enough. Battle's over. All right, fine. Okay, and now, listen, what happens? We go back to court. We go back to the palaces. The war is over. We are, vic- we are victorious! We were more victorious than that. We are victorious. Huzzah. Yes. Okay. Now, because I've seen him in battle, because his right arm has won great victories for him. Yeah. You are right-handed, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Abdextra. Interesting. Now, uh, it comes to the time when kings, having fought their battles, will give out their rewards. Now, what would the king do? He would give out a knighthood. I, I, you know, I want this, this person, I want, him, I want him on my side. I want to tie him in. I want to make sure that he is well rewarded because I've seen him fight and I don't want him fighting me. I want him fighting for me. Yeah? All right, you're with me. So what happens? I call him up. Well, not on the phone. I, I send a messenger. I send a herald and I say, You are summoned, Buckan, to come before the presence of king. That's me, okay? All right, I'll try that again. Now, now you're, in, you're in the right here. I, I sent a herald to Buckland to say, Buckland, you must come before the presence of the king. Yeah. And Buckland receives the herald. He receives the thing. He says, oh, my word. So he dresses up in his best rags, his best finery, the best that he has. And he comes before. So come, I'm go- this is my court. I'm, I'm on my throne over here, okay? And you've come into my court. Now, don't just stand. You're just with the, the general melee. And finally, it gets to that point where I, as king, are passing out rewards. And I look you in the eye and I call you forward. Come here, Buckan. Buckan, I saw you bravely fending off those Hordes of invaders, those barbarians, I tell you. And you did such a good job, I want to reward you. Now, Buchan, kneel. Now, what's he doing when he's kneeling? He's humbling himself. He's putting himself in a vulnerable position. A vulnerable position. Now, get this. This is vulnerable because what's happened here is his neck is exposed. And as a soldier, the last thing you want is for your neck to be exposed when somebody not too far away from you is carrying a sharp, pointy thing called a sword. So he's humbling himself. He's in a vulnerable position, and I'm the one with not just the power and the authority, but the sharp, pointy thing. And listen, understand something. This is not, in those days, it's not a ceremonial weapon. This is something that I've kept sharp and all I've done since the battle is wiped the blood off the blade. You understand, we're talking about a bloodied time. Okay? So this is a sharp thing. And so what do I do? I take my sword out of its scabbard. I go, like they do in the movies. I don't know if we've got that sound effect. Don't worry if we haven't. Don't worry. And I raise it. And now he's like, what have I done? I know I did really good. Okay. So you're probably quivering. Quiver. Okay. Uh, so he's quivering. Okay. Um, uh, he's a little bit worried. And what do I do? I take my sword and I place it on his shoulder. Okay. And I say, 
I dub thee. Okay? I dub thee. And I, I now pronounce you knight. Sir Buchan. I, I, you are now a knight of my realm. Arise, Sir Buchan. Arise. Okay. Now. Thanks, pal. Now, you can go and sit down. Now, he did really well, didn't he? You know, fighting all those nasty, nasty people. But I want you to understand something here. You see, in those days, and you can check this, if you go back to the records of what happened in Great Britain, not long after 1066, after the invasion, the Norman invasion, the Norman conquest, what you'll find is that that King, what's his face? What was he called? William. Yeah, thank you. William the Conqueror. Thank you. Uh, William the Conqueror. Was that you? Re- Polish guy reminding me of English history. That's... <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, <laughs> not embarrassing at all. All right. Uh, yes. And um, so what does he do? King William uh, blesses his barons, blesses those who have served him well, some minor people with peerage, with knighthoods, etc. Some of it done on the battlefield, some of it done in court afterwards. And those he wanted close to him, he awarded grand lands and houses close to his seat, his palace in London. Those others he sent to the far-flung regions of his newly conquered territory. What were they to do? They were to extend his kingdom. They were to hold his kingdom. They were to tax the people and they were to bring the taxes back in order that the kingdom might be defended, the kingdom might be provided for, and that the king might be blessed and honoured. So what have I done to Buchan? I've knighted him and I've just blessed him. I might have given him gold, but I've probably given him land. And I've sent him to go and take the land. Oh, he's now an ambassador for this kingdom. He's now a worker for my kingdom. He is now blessed with the authority of the king. So when you go out of this place, you don't come, you don't go just out of, we've just had a really nice song, time singing songs. It's really lovely. It's, oh, it's, it's beautiful songs. Lovely, 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 lovely. You go out with the authority of the king to extend his kingdom. You get me? You have risen from the place of worship as God has come, placed his sword. And listen, get this. When you've, well, this isn't a particularly heavy sword, but did you feel it has weight when it was on your shoulder? It weighed something, didn't it? You see, in, in the Old Testament, the presence of the Lord is called kabod. Okay? And, and you know, it's, it's literally, it's glory. But it has associated with it this sense of weight. And, and, you know, what happened when the weight, when the glory of God filled, the Shekinah came down and filled the temple as it was being, um, uh, well, opened, basically. As that glory came down, what happened? The priests could not stand because of the weight of the presence. And the king came and he pressed the weight of his presence, the weight of his sword in order to bless you. Are you getting me? So, he has ordained you. He has blessed you. He has 
filled you. He has given you every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And he has said, now go, go, go. Be ambassadors for my kingdom. Go, fill this land with the good news. There is a king. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to stand. We're going to sing a song. King of kings. Majesty. God of heaven living in me, a gentle Savior, closest friend, strong deliverer, beginning and end, all within me falls your throne your majesty I can't lie I lay my own before you now in royal Earth and heaven.
you with the authority and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I say to you, people of God, arise, 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 arise. It is time, it is time to reclaim this kingdom, this kingdom for the kingdom of our God. I say to you, arise. Put on your royal robes. Put on the robes of righteousness. Put on the robes given to you by King Jesus himself. Ho! And go forth to the highways and to the byways and proclaim the kingdom of God. Go in his name and bring all the goodness, all the greatness, everything that you have received and guess what King Jesus goes with you hallelujah your majesty I can't promises of expectant faith and Lord you unleash us and release us to an unsuspecting world they didn't suspect that you were so good that you were so full of love oh they didn't understand that your grace reached even them so Lord we're carriers of an infectious disease a disease to love extravagantly a disease that blesses people abundantly a disease that brings life to the lifeless hope to the hopeless love to the loveless oh it is glorious and it is good and we say Lord 
we worship you. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, Amen! 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 Come on, let's shout to the Lord! Come on! Yeah!